Hello, and welcome to Soarin' with the Magic Our Way podcast. My name is Mr. Mononymous, and I'll be your chief flight attendant today. We'll begin boarding in just a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with the rest of your flight crew. First, we have your pilot and co-pilots, Kevin and Danny. These artistic buffs will launch you from New Orleans to soar over all things Disney. Your entertainment director is Ivory Comics proprietor Eli. Be sure to check your in-flight magazine for a sneak peek at his comic, Project Geisha. Nice work, pal. Soon you'll be airborne. If you or your little aviators would like to reach the flight crew at any time, be sure to check out magicourway.com, where you can find links to Facebook, Twitter, email, or send in a voicemail. And, of course, you can book your next Soarin' flight with your platinum-level earmarked travel agent, Lee Lastavica, from Magical Moments Vacations. Remember, you've got a friend in Lee. Okay, let's review. Kevin, Danny, Eli Lee, Artistic Buffs, Disney stuff. Anything else? Oh, yeah. Chombo, everyone. Rambe. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. Asante Sana, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Our Way podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, USA. We are artistic buffs talking Disney stuff, and you can't teach that. <laughs> My name is Kevin. And I am Danny. And with us today is our heart-hating, dat-dog-eating, WTF fries love and travel agent from Magical Moments Vacations, Mr. Lee Lastavica. How you doing, Lee? Who that? Who dat, man? How you doing? You're in the studio this week. In the house. That is awesome. That is awesome. Good to see you. Technically in the garage. In the garage, yeah. <laughs> He's in the garage. Just He's to be that, clear. That's, that's he had to walk through the house to get to the yeah. garage. Yeah, he was in there for a brief moment. So, And that voice you heard, guys, is our resident comic genius from ivorycomics.com and the creator of Project Geisha, the artist formerly known as Mr. Turkey Leg 69, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, Eli? Oh, good. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson to y'all. <laughs> oh, well, Samuel Jackson to you, too. <laughs> and with your spirit. That's yes. Right. <laughs> so, Mohicans, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great show for you lined up today. Uh, we have a great guest here uh, that I consider one of the, I guess he's one of the podfathers, too, if I had to say so, mm-hmm. of the Disney fan community. We have the one and only Mr. Matt Hotchberg of WDW Today fame on our show today, doing, give us a little interview with some of his insights and everything else. So, guys, enough of my jibber-jabber. Let's go make some magic. Welcome to The Hub, and we have a very special interview for you today. Mira Hefe. Today, there are what I would call a plethora of Disney podcasts in the Disney fan universe. But back around 2005, there were only a handful of podcasts on the air. A group I consider to be the first generation of Disney podcasters, a generation that paved the way for all of us to be here today. And there are a lot of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we have one of those gentlemen from that era on our show today. So, Moeekins, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we present Matt Hotchberg, formerly of WDW Today. How you doing, Matt? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on here. Pleasure to come on and talk with you guys and have some fun. Absolutely, man. So yeah, we were looking forward to chatting with you, man, and just uh, just uh, 
maybe picking your brain a little bit, maybe getting your, your opinions on some things as we're ought to do. Cause you know, on the magic are we podcast, we like to explore both sides of the coin. So sure. uh, no limits, no reservations, no whatever. So great. I will uh, put my feet up and prepare myself for uh, what should be. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> have right. a drink, get comfy and have at it, man. Yeah. Well, you in New Orleans, so have a drink. <laughs> are you kidding we've already started <laughs> that's why we're late <laughs> so matt my very first question for you right off the bat I, I gotta know how is disney retirement treating you these days i'm enjoying it a lot uh i was kind of telling you guys earlier off the air i'm in my gary Busey stage of uh of disney <laughs> podcasting i've kind of gone off the reservation and you know really done my own thing um you know i had a blast doing ww today it was a lot of fun we did it for 10 years um, but it's kind of nice now to take a step back and just let it kind of all unfold in front of me and not be terribly concerned about the day-to-day stuff. Um, and it's, it's kind of, you know, I miss a, a little bit of me misses the, you know, kind of the, you know, tracking it all and, and really being involved in it. But I'll be honest, a big part of it is I'm enjoying really taking it down a notch, putting it back into third gear and, um, you know, just going, wait, is third gear faster, Slaffer? Whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> just uh, taking it easy. It's just right. Slowing it down. As long as yeah. you're not just sitting at home watching Wheel of Fortune and yelling at the neighborhood kids to stay off your lawn, uh, we're, we're just happy <laughs> to hear that you're active, man. That's great. Is that uh, is that frowned upon? <laughs> yeah, you know. In some circles, maybe, well, but not, 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 not in New Orleans. And it's Jeopardy, by the way. It's not Wheel of Fortune. Oh, oh. Jeopardy! Well, he's trying to be smart. Like, Thanks, this, Alex. Yeah. yeah, you too can have your own uh, Jeopardy nightmare by sending a self-addressed theft envelope. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little reference for people. I like it. I like it. Just out of curiosity, when did y'all start WW today? Uh, September 2005 was our first episode, so I think okay. we kind of figured it all out maybe a little before then. So I'll okay. say August. We, as you may have noticed over the years, we really didn't put a whole lot of forethought into a lot of things we did. <laughs> we just kind of went with it. That was kind of our style, right? And uh, we just decided to put it out there. There was no rhyme or reason as to why we started it in September. It just kind of that's how the you know everything kind of came together around that time and mm-hmm. started then and wrapped it up in uh, December of last year. Were y'all aware at the time that y'all were one of the few doing this? I go, there, there really wasn't a whole lot in the way of other people uh, covering Disney. Yeah, we were definitely aware that podcasting was new. That's why we were kind of attracted to it because we kind of we were all doing our own little things, right? I had, uh, well, at the time it was MGMStudios.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, Len was doing the unofficial guide, Mouse World Radio for Mike Newell. And Scopa, I think, was working for Mouse Planet back then. And we were all kind of doing our own thing. And we're like, you know, this podcasting thing is pretty interesting. Wouldn't it be cool to do a podcast about Disney with the idea that we would do it and it would, it would be a means of driving traffic to our own websites? Mm-hmm. We didn't realize at the time that it would actually end up being the huge uh, phenomenon that it ended up being, if I can say so. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we never, I don't think anyone of us, any four of us envisioned it becoming as popular as was. we saw it as kind of a an ancillary thing to do to drive traffic it's almost like uh, kind of like how maybe some people view social media right it's a means right. of getting folks to come and essentially at the end of the day come back to your website and do something on there but mm-hmm. here with the podcast it took a life of its own which was wonderful uh, and it really it surprised us so yeah there were there weren't a lot of disney podcasts the only people the only podcaster i knew of the time when we started was Ricky Berganti. He was doing Inside the Magic mm-hmm. at the time. And he give him credit. He was first, as far as I know. And then we came in uh, right after him to uh, to start our stuff. And we, like I said, we didn't have a whole, we didn't have a, there was no plan or a, anything. We were just like, well, let's see what happens. Because, 
<laughs> what was the worst that was going to happen? We're going to put out a couple episodes and say, yeah, screw it. You know, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to something else. So, Like uh, most people do today. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty. Uh, I know the, the medium was pretty fresh back then. And, you know, it's like I'm sure back then they didn't have podcasts about making podcasts. So you guys were pretty much flying by the seat of your pants, just like you said, just uh, going on and seeing uh, what will come of it. Were there any like influences that you guys had going into this? Y'all were really kind of breaking ground. So, I mean, was there anything that you guys looked at and said, we want our show to be kind of like this or that? I know that personally, I was greatly influenced in, and by, in podcasting and in broadcasting in general by a man named Leo Laporte. He was the one who really pioneered podcasting. Mm-hmm. And he does a he does a number of technology related uh, podcasts, and that's what really piqued my interest because I saw what he was doing, and I said you could easily do this about Disney World. He did a panel type show, though it was a little different. There weren't four guys; it was just him with a revolving door of people joining him. Right. But it, the basic concept, to me at least, was that because we kind of had our own thing going on with you know we were all kind of independently working on some stuff. Like Len had the idea as well. Mm-hmm. I had the idea, and I knew Newell. Uh, Len knew Mike Scopa, and we were kind of we were kind of planning it all independently, and then it kind of came together um, as to how we kind of you know kind of collaborated like that. But for for me at least, my inspiration came from there because I saw what was happening. I said, "Wow, this is really cool!" And wouldn't it be fun to do the exact same thing, but for Disney World? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, I know for me personally, I uh, you were probably the second podcast I ever even listened to. And so, uh, you know, to have, it was a new thing. Like I'd never heard a podcast. I never, I was like, it was like, this is really eye-opening. Like that you can actually do this. And it was like, okay, wow. Well, this is great information and they're funny. And the, you know, and you, you're entertained at the same time. So, um, you know, definitely as, as, as Kevin said, it was a, an introduction to podcasting for me, period. Yeah. For so. me, uh, it's like, uh, you know, it was after Katrina's when I started discovering podcasts because there wasn't really much to do after Katrina. And so, like, one of the first shows, I guess, was Ricky, you know, that I heard. And then I guess Lou was on a different show with another guy, with Nathan Rose. I think it was called Mouse Tunes or something. I forget the name of the mm-hmm. old show. That's before he split off and did his own thing. Uh-huh. And then I discovered WW Today. And then, you know, so it was only those, basically those three shows. And I, I, just to give a mention, I, I, uh, the fourth one was Van with Netcott. Uh, Rest he was, peace, yes. buddy. I know, I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, so the, you know, like the four guys that I listened to a lot back in 2005 and it was great you know i loved it uh, it was like oh wow a, sh- a show that's just dedicated to disney just talking about disney traveling the planning all the different kinds of things so correct me if i'm wrong here but y'all gave lou mangello his start am, am i correct here well lou was doing his thing with with nathan and mouse tunes uh-huh. uh, we certainly had him on the show a couple different times right and and subsequently made fun of him quite a number of times as well. <laughs> Mangello. Mangello. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love and uh, we had him on early on, and then he uh, he became Mr. Mangello, and uh, and then the and then the uh, season desist came. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he was, <laughs> he, uh, he he's done his own thing and done remarkably well, uh, in fact. Uh, but yeah, we were we had him on very early, on, and I think I was on one of his really early shows as well. Mm. Not that he ever admits that, because why would he? Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it was. It was really back then. It was it was a whole different ball game, you know. I think we were all, and he would probably say this too. I think is that we were all just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and see what was going to stick, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we and, and we saw Lou not too long ago. Lou was down here in New Orleans, and we got to talk to him a little bit. I, I kind of like man uh, of the original Disney podcasters. He's kind of the last one standing uh, at this point in time. Am, am I missing somebody? Um, uh, 
I know Ricky's not broadcasting. Ricky's anymore. gone. But it's kind of like that scene in Goodfellas at the where you hear Layla playing and you see the bodies. And I think Lou is the Robert De Niro who's ordered everyone to get wiped out. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So he can rule the podcasting empire. He, he, he's Italian. People so. in people in freezers and stuff. <laughs> exactly. You know, people getting found in pink Cadillacs. Yeah. I was pretty happy though that WDW today continues on. Uh, you know, and we kind of have the, the new cast taking over, and they've done a great job. I'm very happy with with what they've done, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that that to me is very endearing. That even today I can go back and go listen to new episodes, you know, even yeah. though it's still there. It's kind of surreal, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm, it is, I'm glad that it is, it is continuing on and continuing our, our tradition, our legacy. And that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it is kind of interesting though, how a lot, I mean, a lot of people from the old days have dropped out or, or, step, or stepped down or taken a step back, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, you know, that kind of a churn rate was always there. I mean, there were certainly a lot of different, uh, podcast that I remember coming up as you know they were here and really big and and you know here they were making a lot of noise and then they subsequently disappeared. Um, it, it's tough, I'll tell you. I mean, you guys probably are going through this, you know, as well, or at least aware of it. That you know, podcasting not inherently uh, a wealth generating uh, venture out there. <laughs> it's not going to make you a millionaire. You don't say what? <laughs> I just okay. arrived here on my jet this morning. I'm okay. <laughs> I gave up my jet job for this. <laughs> so with that in mind, it's kind of one of those. Well, you, it comes at the expense of personal time or with your kids or yeah. whatever. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, after you do it for a little while, that kind of hits you. And, and we were lucky that we were able to balance that pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we have very forgiving spouses who also <laughs> kind of look the other way. Like one is looking right now the other way. About, <laughs> you know, like, OK, you're going to go talk to your your weird friends. All right, cool. Whatever. <laughs> you know, like I always tell my wife, it's like, well, some husbands go to the bar, get drunk, you know, and do unruly things or gamble their, their life savings away. I talk to nerds on the internet. Is that really the worst thing? You know, is that, I think you, right. you won the husband lottery right there. I, I, I say the same thing. I was like, sweetie, I could be at a strip club. I could be <laughs> anywhere right now. I'm in the garage. Right. <laughs> you can put your hands on. You could hear me yeah. when the when the show comes out. That's what I'm not. I'm not married, but most single girls are like, hey, what are you doing a podcast? Well, I'm like, yeah, just you know, chill out. It's okay. You know, you can hear me as proof. That I'm yep. doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. You it's your alibi right there. There you go. Ladies, you're lucky. Well, I got to ask you this. Um, I, I, I We put out to our listeners, we said, any questions that you have, please go ahead and submit them. They knew we were having you on. And the most common question that we got submitted to us was, what happened? One day they were there and the, other, and the next thing we know, they announced that they were all leaving. What exactly happened? Where where did the original lineup go? What what led to the decision? And uh, I, just if you have any insight on that whatsoever, man, we'd be appreciative because that seems to be what people want to know. They they kind of feel like the original lineup just up and walked away. So, well, we were we were having discussions about the the future of the podcast for a while. Uh, you may have noticed that of what two years ago we went from three episodes to one episode. Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember that. That was a big part of that. And going into 2015, I think about halfway through the year, we kind of decided as a collective group that, you know, while we enjoyed it, it had, we've been doing this for about 10 years and mm-hmm. it started to, I think we kind of wanted to, I can speak for myself and I said that I really was ready to, to, to move on to other things. Um, I, I, I kind of, Disney really soured me mm-hmm. in a lot of the things they've been doing lately. And yeah. even in 2015, they were, they were, it was really bothering me some of the things, the direction they were going in. Right. And... 
So that greatly soured my personal point. Um, and then, of course, they've been doing something this for 10 years. I mean, people go to prison and come out sooner than that, you know. <laughs> and, well, you're and lucky to have a was, sitcom that's lasted long, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So we were having, you know, I enjoyed my time. Don't get me wrong, please. I, I loved it. I loved every minute. I made, I have friends still to this day that are directly because of the podcast. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we were really, I think we all came kind of came to the same decision. where like, yeah, I think we can see this kind of coming to an end. And what was interesting is that we were able to... Uh, you know, find a way for this to transition to continue on and have it keep going. So it wasn't just one day there was an episode and the next week that was it. It was, you know, dark and the website gets pulled down and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's all gone. And so we, you know, we came up with this plan to have it transition uh, from us, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, Logan Sekulu and the group over there were able to uh, continue on. And Len is also there as well. So Len continues right. Uh, right. doing the episodes with them. So, you know, it, it, it's wonderful that it continues on like that. And we were able to, Mike Newell, Mike Scopa, and myself were able to step away. I mean, Mike Scopa does his own thing. He does the Mickey Mouse podcast, which yeah. is very much a yeah, Disney-related thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Newell still does Mouse World Radio. Right. And, and, you know, I've gone my own separate direction. And it's, you know, it was, I think, I think really, and I still believe it, it's still the best decision there was. I always tell people, well, it was this or there was going to be nothing. Because I can guarantee <laughs> you that was going to be the end of the podcast. <laughs> right. And so, the, I think for us... We were happy to see it continue on and 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 hopefully continue building on what we had done there. And they're doing and I think they're doing a great job with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's really good to hear because, you know, without knowing that, I think uh, in a lot of people's minds, it's almost like, you know, you have that band that's a pretty good band. But then the manager comes in and is like, oh, I think you need a new drummer. <laughs> um, and, you know, this guitar player, I know someone that's a little bit better than them. And so that was kind of like the outside looking in yep. almost how it felt like, OK, well, here's our band that we grew up with. And now they're replaced with a new lead singer. Like, hey, I don't like Sammy Hagar as much as I like, you know, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. So uh, that's you know, outside looking in. That's, that's almost how it uh, you know comes across. So well, it's good to hear that it was very you know much uh, you know an uh, amicable split. Up. Yeah, exactly. Not like, not like Abba. They got it. <laughs> Both yeah, couples go, go get Abba. Well, y'all be nice. There were actually listeners like who had their own conspiracy theories. I mean, there were people who think 9/11 was an inside job. There are people who think. There was a third shooter on the grassy knoll, and there were people who thought that Lynn Testa uh, took over WDW today and kicked the other three guys out. Wow. So um, I'm glad you're. That was the case. (laughs) I'm glad you set the record straight. Yeah, no. <laughs> Again, that would have been awesome. I would have loved to slam Len right now. Totally blame this all on him. We can totally go with that direction. I'm okay with it. All right, well, but, let's, uh, let's do that. But, let's, uh, no, it's it's Len's not. fault. There you go. <laughs> Again, based on our entire history, it should be no surprise to you that we don't have a, an a, elaborate plan. That kind of, uh, <laughs> no that, exit strategy, you know, huh? Yeah, no. There was just, you know, we... We kind of flew by the seat of our pants for for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I gotta admit, it's like when y'all reached the thousand, I figure you know, could y'all have been teasing to that? And it's like I figure after a thousand, y'all be done. But then it was like a, a not round number, fourteen ninety something. Yeah, it's yeah. like whatever. Yeah, just pick a random digits, and then we'll end the show there. <laughs> well, I get, the show continues on, and yeah. and uh, that's that's to me is is the important factor. And you know, it's it's a lot like I think Logan. Give him credit. Mm-hmm. He yeah. kind of he kind of compared it to the View, mm-hmm. right? Because of course, every self-respecting Disneyer wants to be considered. Oh, <laughs> uh, view, absolutely! But, but you know, there's a there's there's always been you know there was the original cast of the View, but then you know you have different people coming on, and you have different cast, and they bring different viewpoints, and that's great. I mean, I mean, you can only have you know, you know, uh, Scopa giving the no kids viewpoint for so long. And it's, <laughs> I, yeah, to have different different perspectives, yeah. a whole different idea, and there are a lot of similarities as well uh, that they go into it. I mean, Logan is. 
is also a Jewish guy who can't pronounce certain names from certain towns. And <laughs> you, so you the have tradition continues. Yes. Yeah. So speaking of the view, I thought y'all missed a golden opportunity there where y'all could have like taken the last, like said, this is our last month and we're going to do uh, the voice kind of competition where we're going to have people come on with us and let y'all vote on what the new lineup was. I thought, I thought that would have been fun to do. So I don't know if you guys remember this, We did an April fool's joke many years. I don't remember what year it was. We did an April. They did an April fool's joke like that, that I wasn't on the episode. I think I had to go somewhere mm-hmm. and I was on the episode. So the guys were like, okay guys, uh, Matt's left the show. I th- the joke was I went to go join Lou and, um, <laughs> and, and the joke was that send in your audition tapes you know, do you record yourself on a computer, send it in, we'll we'll pick oh, someone cool. to replace Matt. I wish we had copies of the of the of the entries. It was it was really a lot of fun. Uh, it was <laughs> well, that's such a great idea, actually. <laughs> Sounds can, funny. Can I ask you one more question here? Like uh, okay. So how when when you guys get together, how do you decide, you know what, Matt, you're you're the host. You're the guy. Is, is it who has the best voice? Is it who's the most verbose? How did y'all decide or, that you were going to be the host? Who drew, who drew the short straw? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think we had. It. I think we, we. This is what happened. Our first time we we were organizing this all through email. Uh, I emailed Len and I said, "Hey, I want to do this podcast idea." I knew Len from we traded emails back and forth about mm-hmm. some other things, and I said, "Hey, I'm thinking of doing this podcast. Are you interested in doing it?" Yeah, I've got this guy Mike Newell who wants to, who might be interested as well. He goes, "Yeah." Uh, I got this guy, Mike Scopo. All right, well, let's um, let's pick a date, and we'll use this thing called Skype because it was brand new back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go on. Here's all our usernames. Let's get on Skype, and we'll figure this out, and maybe it'll maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work. And so we all got on, and we literally just sat around and be like, okay, what do we want? We kind of talked about what we liked and what we didn't like in podcasting at that time and the format we wanted to hit. Now, as to why I ended up talking or hosting it, Honestly, I don't remember why. I think it was just the uh, I just took the bull by the horn kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Like, well, here, let me just do the intro, and that like as simple as that. Not the like, hey, I'm going to do the intros from from forever. I just said, okay, I'll do the intro to begin with, and then it just was simple as that. And then just you know inertia at force, and it, mm-hmm. it took us from that point, and we just continued with that basic format. We tried to keep it simple. That was really important to us mm-hmm. to keep the podcast simple. To not do segments, to not do, to just make it. Uh, originally, we thought we were going to do it in five minutes, which never happened. <laughs> well, it's just a joke. Episode. Five yeah. minutes, we'll give you the world. Yeah, yeah. That was a it joke never happened. Theme song, right? Yeah, but we wanted to keep it short or shorter than uh, some of the other podcasts we had we had heard at the, at that point. Um, but uh, really, we just kind of we kind of went with it, and I think that on my honest opinion, I don't I don't recall a, a, a definitive decision as to why I was the host, but I will tell you that I think knowing us that it was mostly had to do with simply I started it out first that way, the first episode recording it that way, and we just followed the pattern. I found hosting is the hardest job. Like I find when we do a show without Kevin and I have to host, I hate it. It just it you have to keep track of the segments. You have to figure out who needs to speak, who does it go to next, uh, how to intro uh, segments and then get your opinion in while you're doing it. You had the hardest job. Thank you. I appreciate it. that. Means it doesn't mean a lot. I mean, it's it's. I think everyone's job is tough because it does. I mean, obviously, being host, I agree, brings a different aspect to it because you, you have to keep track. You have to keep. The, I always felt like I have to keep the bus moving, right? Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll get you know we'll stop and you know there'll be an inside joke or something like some things you know you want to keep it 
keep it moving and not dwell on one particular thing when you know, okay, we still got to talk about, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it I always thought was you got to play the straight man. You've got to ask <laughs> the questions you already know the answers to. Right. Um, you've got to set up lend for the, you know, for the, for the good joke or, mm-hmm. or pitch questions that, again, either you know the answer to or you kind of know the answer to or you already know what the person's going to say. But for the purposes of the audience, it's mm-hmm. important to make sure you make that, to raise that point. Um, and I think it just got, you know, it, it just came with practice, like everything, mm-hmm. right? And I think the guys, if you listen to some really old episodes where they, you know, had to take over when I wasn't there on, on occasion, they would always say, you know, the ad reads they always thought was really tough to do. <laughs> of course, because, like, again, you need an ad reads. What are ad reads? <laughs> Y'all had ads? <laughs> it also helped that you had the best voice of any of them. I mean, it, it helped to hear you speak the most. You, you could pitch questions. You could cut off people. You can go ahead and organize how the show was run. And that's why, again, I say that, you know, the host has the hardest job. A lot of times that goes unnoticed because a lot of people gravitate towards the people who are giving their opinion at the end, not realizing that the host is often setting them up. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it, it's everyone brings their own piece to the table. And, you know, and, and you guys know this as well, you know, is that when one of you is missing, you know it instantly from a creative standpoint, right? Right. Because Absolutely. you run into something like, you know, oh man, Lee would have totally known, would have been totally great for this segment, you know, because he. We never say that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But um, but you know, it, it, you all bring a different piece to it. So you know, maybe I was you know good at one aspect to it, but there were certain episodes where we would get together and Len wasn't around. And we would say, this is a great podcast, but we're not doing it without, without Len. Right. Or yeah, sure. we need Newell for this one or whatever, because right. we knew that it would be do- <laughs> we'd be doing a disservice to, to that point. But uh, it brings a different aspect to it. And I think that, you know, you, you, you kind of uh, you learn your roles and you kind of mm-hmm. understand what you're really good at and what you're not so good at. And I think that kind of flows with it. And as over the years, we kind of, you know, really it, it worked itself out quite well, I thought. And um yeah, we, we, was, we, had, we had a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, Lee's great at taking a joke. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons we love having Lee here. Whereas if I would say the same thing like maybe Kevin, Kevin might be walking away afterwards like, man, does Danny have a problem with me or something? <laughs> <Dang. So, laughs> you like, can I talk to you after class? Yeah. <laughs> you, you need I'll people. I'll meet you outside. <laughs> Everyone has to fill a role. And, and I, you're absolutely right on that. And I, that's why I want to point out how tough of a job it is to be a host. Yeah. Uh, well, you you said it there. <laughs> I'm, I'm too modest to to carry on with that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a quick question as far as preparation because I mean, you know, we're, 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 it's a kind of a similar show. We're four guys. Y'all were four guys. Uh, I know how we prepare. You know, there's there's sometime during the week there's a little conference call that we'll figure out things. Especially if we have an interview, we'll try to figure out things how we want to go, how we want the interview to go. But then all you you know, usually about maybe an hour, hour and a half. Uh, before the show, uh, more of the preparation is over sushi and sake. Nice. <laughs> was I mean, I granted, I know you guys were in different states, but how did you guys prepare each one of your shows? Because I know y'all, like you said, you used to do three. So uh, it would, was that planned out in the week, or was it? Or how, how did y'all do that? Honestly, the way we did is we got on Skype. At, we said, okay, we're going to record at eight o'clock, so we get on Skype, and then we sat around. And said, All right, what, what do you guys want to talk about? We never planned it out in advance, other than if we knew it, we had a guest on and someone was bringing it on. But we never did any pre-prep, which probably shows a couple different times. <laughs> but we never did any. You guys did way. You guys sound like you guys do way more prep than we ever did. We just got. We would sit. There would be times where we sat on there for on this line for hours trying to think of an idea. 
Oh wow! So yeah. How long did it, how long did it take y'all to do? Let's say one show. Was it was it a long marathon session, or was it hours on end? Or no, what we do is back in the day we did we recorded on Sundays and Thursdays. So we okay. would do two episodes on Sunday, a okay. uh, topic show, the Monday show, and then the listener question show on Wednesday for Wednesday. So that'd be the other show, mm-hmm. and then on Thursday we would we would record the Friday show, which okay. would be another topic show. Um, so depending on how quick the listener questions were, the easiest to record because they were already there. All I did was read them and. Mm-hmm. We just kind of hit it off the, you know, went from, you know, I would read them and they would just respond. Right. Uh, so that one was pretty easy. So that would take literally as long as it took us to record the podcast, you know, for me to read them and respond. The topics could vary. I mean, sometimes we had an idea, we'd get on and, and you know, uh, Scopa would have an idea or I'd have an idea. And they'd be like, yeah, it sounds great. Let's do it. Sometimes they were very easy. Occasionally we would, uh, we would just be sitting there like spinning our wheels like, ah. I don't know what you want. To, I don't know what I literally don't know what to talk about. <laughs> so y'all didn't think about it up until the point y'all all four got together, like at all. Ninety nine percent of the time, yeah. Occasionally there might be a text message going back. Hey, we should do a podcast about this episode. But usually these are like obvious ones, right? right. Like Len just get back from a trip, mm-hmm. some a new attraction open, something that's like you know pretty obvious like that. But nine out of ten times, that's exactly what we did. We just got on Skype. And, and just talked it out. Like, what do you guys want to talk about? And we had a rule. We said, save it for the show. We don't talk. Once we pick a topic, mm-hmm. we would not talk about it in advance because we felt it ruined the spontaneity of it. Like, jokes are only funny the first time. Right. You, you, Absolutely. You, no matter how funny it is, if you repeat it again, it's it's never as authentic. Right. So we would. and But content as well. Points. You know, all those things you want to you bring up. We purposely did. I, as soon as they we got a topic and you know, inevitably we start you know, making jokes or talking about it, I would literally tell them to be quiet. Like, no, 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 save for the show, save for the show, save for the show, because it's better that way. It's better when you have an organic conversation, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in terms of podcasting, I always thought it translated better if we did not discuss it beyond the general, you know, okay, we're going to talk about this and we're going to go in this direction. Cool. All right, let's go. Let's get it down on, uh, on tape. Yeah, that, that's one of the best things that I, I loved about the show was just like the home, I guess the homegrownness of it. You know, it's, it's just you know, just guys sitting, talking together about Disney topics and whatnot, things that I would listen to. Yeah. You know, which made it really nice. It, it, it makes me jealous because, I mean, when we come up with stuff nowadays, we're ready to roll with it. And it's always like, well, WDW Today already did it. Like, you ever watch an episode of South Park where they were like, well, the Simpsons did it. That was how it was with us. Like, we did, like, uh, which princesses would survive the zombie apocalypse? And they're like, well, WDW today kind of already did that. (laughs) It's like, where would you survive the zombie apocalypse in in Walt Disney World? Which is like, you guys were ripping them off. And it's like, man, we're trying to come up with (laughs) something original. But these guys have been around, man. That's like... So y'all, y'all set a high bar. Well, yeah. Well, and you guys should not feel obliged. I mean, you should do the zombie apocalypse episode. Do a drink around the world. Oh, we did it. Yeah. yeah, do it. Because honestly, the, the reality is, even if you pick the same topic, you're not going to come up with the same exact show. You're not going to say exactly what we said. You're going to come up with your own things, and you're going to put your own touch on it. And right. that's what makes it interesting, you know? And um, are there, I mean, I understand exactly what you're talking about. I know that as someone who, you know, does, you know, any, when you do anything creative like that, you don't want to rip somebody off, and you don't want to just steal ideas or just copy someone. I mean, that's, that's always right. you know a mark of shame to some extent. But I think as long as you're giving your own take on it and mm-hmm. you're sharing your own opinions, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, does everybody do an episode about food and wine every year? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there yeah, always yeah. an episode about Christmas and Disney World? Right. Absolutely. But that's all right. It's you know I think that's why the audience gravitates towards you guys because they're like, hey, I want to hear you know uh, what Kevin has to say or you know or whatever about you know their take on it. That's what that's what makes it 
interesting and not just it's really what makes podcasting different than blogging or just creating a website that's just text right you, right yeah. you, you have your own you literally provide your own voice to it which figuratively translates out to hey this is you know there's character to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well as long as we're on the the whole uh podcast topic what can you take us back to when you guys were where we are right now? We're at what one seventeen? Yeah, we're going on our fourth year. Yeah, and yeah, but now we only pieces. do one a week. You guys were doing three a week, so y'all got to a hundred way faster than us. So when you guys were at maybe three or four hundred, and you know, one thing that you you mentioned the listener questions. I mean, y'all guys were always notorious for you know having so many listener questions that you couldn't keep up. Now we've got a great. St- Staff, uh, not staff, but a we have great, a great staff. No, sorry, a great <laughs> group. <could> be wealthy. <laughs> no, we have a great, a great group of loyal fans that always write in, which is fantastic. Where, where were you guys? Where you got to the point? Where you're like, wow, we have almost too many fans to keep up with. <laughs> when, I rem- when did y'all? When did that snowball really start rolling? When we first did our, when we did our first listener question episode, we called it uh, "Call for Help." I think we were, I think we were doing a live one. We asked people to email us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we had, let's say we got, I don't know how many questions we got for that. We got X amount of questions. And then we're like, well, we still got some questions left over. So, you know, we said, okay, we'll add the listener question segment to it. And let's, um, and we started doing that for a while. And we got, you know, we had a fair amount of emails. Then we said, well, gosh darn it, you know, we, we ought to answer them all. Let's clear out the queue. So we said, I think it was February. We said one month, we're only going to do listener question episodes. <laughs> and what happened was we ended up with more, ep- more questions at the end of the month than we did at the beginning of the month. <laughs> Because as soon as we mentioned the listener questions, we ended up getting more emails. People would be like, oh, yeah, that brings me up a question. And they would sit there and send us an email, which is awesome. But it was the exact opposite of what we wanted to do. We wanted to get rid of the queue to be able to catch up. And it ended up being, you know, creating a larger problem for us. <laughs> problem in air quotes. Right. But, you know, and, and that, I think, to me, was the first time I kind of said, oh, wow, there's there are people listening to this. I thought like I, we had, when we first did questions, we had a, we had a plan, a few plan was that we were going to, we were going to steal questions from message boards to, <laughs> to, to, in case we ran out of questions. Like yes. what happens if that happens? Well, I'll just go find random questions on, you know, some message board. And we'll, and we'll say, read John, them. John Smith from Arizona wants to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would always be, yeah, we'd come up with something like that. And that, Trust me when I said that was never, ever a problem, <laughs> but that was – you never know. I mean anytime you ask for, for input from the audience, you have no clue if anyone's actually listening or wants to contribute or do anything to that, to that effect. And that, what I think to me, was the first time I, I kind of realized that there was a lot of folks that wanted – that were really genuinely interested in, in that phenomenon of just – Every we, I stopped for years. I'd never mentioned the email address because I didn't want people to email us anymore. <laughs> because literally for years, I did not want. I wanted to work down the queue, and we never got to that point. It never happened. Um, yeah, I mean, that, it was just something y'all are famous for. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's kind of interesting how uh, how it kind of transpired, and we were extremely lucky that it, that it worked out that way. Absolutely, man. Yeah, y'all were. Really, uh, the first Disney podcast internet celebrities. I'm sure you got stopped in the park here to there, right? Yeah, it freaked my parents out a number of times. <laughs> they would come with me, and then we'd walk through, and then they kind of got used to it, but it was still kind of weird. They're like, well, who are these? Like, my wife, she, you know, they would stop me, and my wife, and they'd ask, my parents would ask me, I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, don't ask. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> my, my favorite story is my father-in-law went to do the, he's done the marathon one time, the Disney World Marathon. He went to go do it. 
And he's on, you know, guys, you know, on the marathon, you take a bus. I don't, I don't, I have no personal experience with this, but Mm -hmm. there's a, but you go to a particular spot at a resort, the bus picks you up, brings you to the start line. Mm -hmm. And he happened to be sitting next to some guy who started talking about Disney podcasts or Disney on the internet in general. And the conversations kind of went to, uh, I, I don't know if he mentioned who mentioned the podcast first, but but I think the guy was like, "Oh, I listened to WW Today," and my father-in-law was like, "Oh, yeah, that's my son-in-law," and like that was like the guy was like, "What?" <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Open up the floodgates, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just like what? Like that was just like whoa. And my favorite story, though, even better. Mike Newell <laughs> takes the bus to work every day, mm-hmm. and it's a two-hour bus ride. And he, mm-hmm. if you've ever done commuting, especially in the Northeast, I don't know what it's like in New Orleans, but. You wait at the same bus. You see the same people over there every day. Right. Yeah. And inevitably, people, some people start, some people talk, some people don't talk. Anyway, this one guy started talking about Disney World. And he goes, Yeah, I'm going to Disney World. I was reading a lot of stuff online. And there was this guy I was reading. His name is Mike Scopa. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Newell hears this and he goes, Ah, that Mike Scopa guy doesn't know anything. He's <laughs> full of it. He doesn't know anything. And of course, this guy's name is Jason. And he goes, What? Are you crazy? Like, this guy knows everyone. So Newell's toying with him for a little bit. And then. <laughs> clues in that like oh yeah no i i know him and that was just and jason ended up listening for quite a number of years uh to the podcast but it was just kind of funny how you know when when that kind of happens um you know and and you do you and you meet people all the time and that was the best part about it i loved the podcast was fun but i'll tell you guys i loved 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 meeting folks just getting a personal connection to it you know whether it was at uh mouse fest uh whether it was at reunion whether it was just, I used to go to the, as you guys know, I used to go to the studios every Sunday. Right. Yeah. And I would occasionally get people who wanted to come see me. And I said, dude, it's very boring. All I do is walk around, take photos. I don't ride anything. But if you want to come, you're more than welcome to. And it was a lot of fun because you meet people from all walks of life, you know? Yeah. And, and like I said, I've got, uh, I don't know how many people, how many friends of mine that I've hung out with on numerous occasions are directly because at one point they listened to the podcast. We met up at some point, and then it was like, hey, this is a lot of fun. Let's hang out some more. And then, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was it was cool. It was, yeah. it was a lot of fun like that. That's kind of how I came to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it, this, this show, it's funny. This show actually started out with just me and Danny. Yeah. Uh, the first, I don't know how many episodes we did with just me and, me and him together. And then Lee was, I guess, one of our uh, one of our fans. I guess our first super fan, <laughs> or stalker. We, yeah, or stalker. Yeah, same thing. Um, <laughs> we found out that he did like Disney travel agent kind of stuff. He's our travel agent for the show, and so uh, he just came on the show. You know, I, I guess I don't know how how did you come on the show? We just had you in. We just invited well, you to his I, house. I, let me answer that <laughs> <laughs> because the studio is in. I, I have a very large garage which we convert into like a back room in, in my house and. Uh, Basically, what I was told by Kevin is like, hey, we have this fan who I've written into, and he's going to show up at your house to record <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just some random dude's going to come to your house, yeah, just so I, you know. I heard, and I, I heard that's, that's before we met personally, and I, uh, I remember Dave was like, yeah, this guy's just going to show up. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Kevin <laughs> just invited a stranger to my house. <laughs> I'm like, look, just take a picture of him, and if something happens, right. I'll send it to the police, but nothing happened. So, <laughs> Yeah, he's still on the goodness. show. He never left. He's still like, yeah. <laughs> Not only do we like him, we like him enough to give him a credit card number so he can book trips for us. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, he showed, nice. up, he showed up in the bedazzled uh, Bubba Fett shirt, I think. Yeah. That's, oh, what, yeah. that's what, uh, that's what sold that. us. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But you know what? All right. You mentioned the magic word. You mentioned the studios. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about what's going on in the studios right now. Um, it, 
Would you like to talk about this? Or is this something like, is it too painful? <laughs> oh, no. I, honestly, you guys probably know more than I do because I'm so far off the reservation. I mean, I follow, I know the Star Wars land and Toy Story land is coming. Yes. And that's about it. I've really been so far gone from uh, the day-to-day stuff there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, though, because obviously it's a huge change, right? I mean, they've literally gotten rid of so many uh, uh, parts of the old park, right? The Backlot Tour, even right. Lights, Motors, Actions, uh, Streets of America, uh, Magic Disney Animation. I mean, these were things that were just, you know, stalwarts of, of the old park. And it, you know, this... it. It what what my takeaway from it honestly forget the studios for a second in, in the sense of just the day to day stuff but you know there was a time where Disney World really was treated like a museum you mm-hmm. know you really there were there were there were things you just didn't touch right you know and this kind of whole scale um, demolishing was just unheard of I mean can yeah. you guys think of a time before nine before you know two thousand whenever New Fantasyland started. You know, mm-hmm. that they really did something like the only thing I can think of was was Mickey's birthday land into, you know, Mickey Starland into uh, Toontown yeah. into, you know, what we have now. But really, this didn't happen. Occasionally, you had like a 20,000 leagues under the sea goes to Mr. Show, yeah. which was like, whoa, that <laughs> is like, are you kidding me? You know, right. picket signs and 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 torches <laughs> and, you know, and, and you know, pitchforks down. Yeah, pitchforks, right? Like the whole thing. And now that's like a joke. Like right. an attraction. Are you kidding me? So that to me, I mean, the fact that they're doing this kind of a reboot, essentially, of the studios is is really intriguing. Just from a just from a pure uh, observational standpoint, that's what really strikes me, and I, I give them credit. I mean, it's it's daring to dream beyond what they've got, and I think a lot of it has to do with how well they did with Disney's California Adventure with their right. uh, yeah. complete you know reboot, and clearly they're looking for lightning to strike twice here uh, with the studios, and uh, you know I give somebody credit for for thinking outside the box. You know, but as a as, as a major fan of the studio, somebody you had really the the, the quintessential site. On the studios, I mean, I know you said like you haven't been really paying attention to it, but you pretty much just summed it up. Nothing really new has happened since, you know, what yeah. you just laid out. Things have closed. Nothing new has come on yet. So, I mean, if what this, do you... If, if this were 1998, I would have been, had a much different opinion than today. I mean, the thing is, the, the parts of the park that changed are the parts outside of Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard. And to some extent, Echo Lake as well. Mm-hmm. Right? It's really that. Everything else, which essentially is, what, two-thirds of the park. But... The the thing about it is in 2016, you know, the Backlot Tour was a shell of its former self, right? It, the oh, yeah. Magic Disney Animation. I mean, no one really, you know, uh, no one, no one really. It's not that someone cared, but it was not nearly as interesting as it used to be. Right. I mean, the vest. These were vestiges of the old studios, and what they were doing is, you know, uh, com- looking at it today. To me, it was just doing away with one the the final, um, the final uh, nail in the coffin, really, because these things were you know if this were the old Backlot tour, if this were the old Magic Disney Animation tour, mm-hmm. I would have been really upset by it because that was to me a huge part of the park. But yeah, you know these areas have have just you know no one's I don't think anyone's really losing that much sleep about Magic Disney Animation Backlot tour lights, motors, action, you know uh, any of these areas you know that that were. They just weren't what they used to be. And right. so from that standpoint, um, you know, that, that doesn't bother me. Because, of course, the parts that are amazing still, Hollywood Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard, and Echo Lake, the beautiful, uh, intriguing parts of the park that have a lot of story to them, a lot of character, a lot of g- wonderful attractions, and those are still there. So 
to me, it, it's, I'm, you know, you, you might think that I would be upset by it, but, you know, once they got rid of traditional uh, animation there, like actual production at the studios, which happened back in 2001. Right. Yeah, that was hard. It, it was pretty much, it, this was an inevitability. It was going to happen sooner or later. I don't think I envisioned it ever being on this wide of a scale, but still it was a, um, uh, I think it was a long time coming. So you, is there one thing that if they took out right now that you would have to just write your congressman and, and <laughs> grab the pitchfork yourself? Bring out uh, the torches. <laughs> exactly. Anything on, I mean, if they demolish Sunset Boulevard or even Hollywood Boulevard, I just can't. I cannot imagine the park without those two elements. Can I ask you this? Okay. Uh, they just canceled the Muppets TV show. And it looks like the Muppets are going to survive this first round of uh, renovations. So... What do you think the future of the Muppets at this park should be? Because there was rumors that Muppets were going to take over Pizza Planet. Yep. Muppets were going to take over Mama Melrose. Yeah. And, and they were going to have a bigger presence. And now that they've canceled the show, what do you see happening there? Well, the Muppets were there before the Muppet Show, during the Muppet Show, and now after the Muppet Show. I'm not too worried about it in that regard. Um, obviously, it's been gone from Disney California Adventure now for a couple of years. Yeah. So clearly, they don't have a problem getting rid of it if they have a better idea. The one thing about Disney that I've learned is it takes outside of a, uh, outside of a project like this, where they're, you know, doing whole scale renovations, the kind of the saving grace for the, for the Muppet vision might be that there's no one there. There's no impetus for them to replace it because they don't have anything else. Like why did, let me, and I'm going to answer this with an example. Why did uh, the studios add, why did Disney add uh, American Idol experience to the park back in 2008? And obviously it was removed since then because, Literally, somebody backed up a dump truck full of money and was like, we want to build a, an attraction based on American Idol in your park. How do we do this? And they said, uh, we've got this ABC <laughs> theater, you know, which was vacant. Let's right. put it in there. And that's exactly what happened. And they went with that. So I really don't think that, you know, this is a theater. This isn't a huge amount of space. Mm-hmm. You can't put a roller coaster in this space. You can't put anything except for another movie, essentially, maybe a meeting group. It was sitting I, vacant for a while. I remember that. Yeah. So you're not going to put, but in in Muppet Vision, I I I think the safety is that they would need a really good impetus to replace it. And impetus meaning someone's like, I've got all this money to do something similar to what they did with the American Idol experience. I'm not convinced that will happen. So I think it's mm-hmm. kind of. I know that's not what fans want to hear, but my take on it is that it's safe for right now, unless there's a more compelling idea that would be more of a revenue generating standpoint to you know require its removal. Um, but like I said, it was there before. I mean, it was there during years when people really, I mean, the Muppets were far from, uh, relevant, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, absolutely. insert the entire 1990s and you know early 2000s there. So if James Cameron wants to make a Titanic attraction, then we should start worrying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in a, in a movie theater type setting. Yeah. That's, that might be, uh, that might be a cause for concern there, but I, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not like I, I'm hanging out with uh, Robert Iger anytime soon, but um, you know, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. My, one of my questions is, okay, so, since they've kind of transitioned away from the idea that Hollywood Studios is a working uh, movie studio, do you think Indiana Jones should go away? That's a good question. Um, see, I have, to take, I have to take a step back because I've seen it a bazillion times, right? Yeah, do right. I think it's on my must-do? I've seen every single trip's. Uh, list no, but I do recognize that it is a really fun show, especially if you've never seen it before. Right. I think it is a fun show. I think Indiana Jones is still very relevant. In fact, it's probably more relevant today than it was in the last fifteen years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because with the new film and 
not that the film did amazingly well, but I think people it's more topical than it was again in the '90s, right? Because yeah. you had Raiders of the Lost, uh, sorry, The Last Crusade, mm-hmm. and then nothing for a really long time. But I think it serves a purpose. I mean, I don't think anyone goes in the park now thinking it's a working theme uh, movie studio. But at the same time, I think it is just great, a great Disney attraction. I mean, it hosts. You've also got to look at it also from a capacity standpoint. It's a crowd goblin. It, it yeah. takes a huge yeah. amount of people, right? It takes yeah. a lot of crowds. It's a great multi-purpose venue. They use the stadium for a number of events that are in there, and you know, it's they pretty much got it down pat now. Um, I think personally. I think it should still stay there. I think it's very much a classic Disney attraction. Not in a ride, mm-hmm. but in a show. I think it mm-hmm. does a really good job. I think it's it's a fun show. Even when I go see it from time to time and I and I stop in there, it's fun. I like the, the the intro is really cool. The end is really cool. I like the little bit with the dude who, you know, the plant that yeah, no one yeah, you know yeah. people don't know. I think the biggest problem is its pacing. There's a lot of you know, there's action, then you're sitting around for them to change the sets around, which is probably the the one thing you could say about it. But if you were to take watch the YouTube video of it, edit it out, I'd say you think, wow, this is a lot more fun than I remember. <laughs> I think that's what it, I think well, it is a fun attraction. I say keep it. I like it. But of course, I'm also an old fart who uh, likes all the old stuff in the park. Yeah. And to me, the, the history component to it also is, is, a, is a big factor. Um, so just one last thing on the studios. Um, what's your thoughts on the we because we've actually talked about that as, as maybe a show topic. There's no longer Disney doesn't seem to be building attractions. They're going to build lands. You know, there's no longer going to be a Star Wars attraction that's going to come in or a whatever attraction. They're just going to take the whole thing and make an entire land out of it. And so that obviously eats up a lot of space. But is that going to be what we're going to see going forward? Um, I mean, Star Wars is going to be pretty much what that park's going to be known for now. Yeah, and that's also what Disney is known for, right? I mean, if you look at New Fantasyland as the example, you know, Disney is more than just attractions, right? If you just if you're just looking for rides, I mean, you know, just straight up rides, you know, that's what Six Flags does. That's what every amusement park does. Anybody can go do rides. I think what separates Disney from the pack is that it's an immersive experience. It's that you walk in like, wow, I'm in Fantasyland. I am in Adventureland. I am. I feel like I am in. 1930s or 40s Hollywood, you know, like it, it's it's immersive. You don't see the guy in the back eating his Subway sandwich, smoking a cigarette, you know, <laughs> like like that's not part of it. You don't see the guts of the ride if you happen to peer, you know, turn your head a little bit. It, 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 you know, everything fits the period, right? It, it really sure. sells it. And that I and, and I know that's what makes Disney World different. That's what makes it such a compelling and unique experience that really is just nothing like it. And, you know, when, when you're looking at it from that perspective, are they only going to build lands or not? Yeah, probably. I mean, at least in more often than not, because it, for one thing, it's a better guest experience. For another thing, boy, it certainly attracts a lot more attention than if you just say, hey, we're going to knock down uh, this building and replace it with something else. You know, it's like, all right, that's cool. But in today's day and age, it's about getting, you know, attention, right? Well, you want to get those headlines. And you get headlines by saying, they're building a whole Star Wars land. What? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. compared to like when Star Tours was redone, it got attention, but it did not get this kind of attention. Right. Well, let me uh, just play devil's advocate for a minute. So I get a lot of people that will say to me literally like, well, we're not going to go. We only need to go four days because we're not going to go to studios. My yep. kids are not big Star Wars fans or what have you. Or maybe the opposite. My kids are not big roller coaster fans. Maybe they think of the big roller coasters there. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, uh, in go my on. opinion, it's, 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 you're taking a chance there because, <laughs> yes, you could build Adventureland, but Adventureland is Jungle Cruise and it's Tiki Birds and it's all those different attractions. If you don't like Star Wars, 
well, then you just cut out half the park. You know, if you yeah. don't have Star Wars fans in your family, then you just you just alienated half of your audience right there. Toy Story Land, for example, why not do Pixar Land? You know, you may not be a big fan of Toy Story, but you may be a big fan of Monsters, Inc. So wouldn't it be a better strategy to do a Pixar Land as opposed to Toy Story Land? You know, so there's what you got to look at what Disney what Disney does. Disney is all about telling stories, right? And yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, if you use Adventureland as the example, you know, it's like, well, here you've got Swiss Family Treehouse, you've got, uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, doesn't that work? Clearly, that that's cool. Yeah, but if you walk around, I mean, there's some there's some minor theming details among them. You know, usually like there's torches instead of electric lights, or you know, uh, more wood than concrete. But you know, it's 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 not as immersive. It's not as impressive. And you also can't tell the story in that regard. And I think that's what Disney's really looking to do is, you know, you don't have to be the big, world's biggest Star Wars fan. In fact, you don't even have to have seen the films. But if you walk into Star Wars lands, I'm going to bet you you're going to be impressed by it. You're going to look at me like, holy moly, I'm, I'm on some planet. I don't know the name of it, but boy, this feels like I'm in a Star Wars film. I, mean, <laughs> I may never even seen a film, but this feels like I'm in a movie. Mm-hmm. And that is what they're looking to do because that is what, that's what keeps Disney relevant. And that's what keeps them at the top of the, of the ladder. Because, you know, let's look at, let's look at, I, I love using New Fantasyland as an example. Look at New Fantasyland. I mean, you know, what did they add there in, oh, let's forget Storybook Circus for a second. I mean, they added, what, two rides, mm-hmm. right? And one wasn't even open for a long time, the, the, uh, the, the mine, mine train. Mine train, yeah. You, you have, um, you have uh, vo- the, I would say Voyage of the Little Mermaid, whatever the Little Mermaid one is, the, uh, the, the, the aerial ride there, which mm-hmm. was something that we had seen in a DVD before. It's nothing special. It's, it's, a, it's an Omnimover. It's nice. It's fun. It's cute. But they added a, an amazing restaurant, and they added a tavern to it, and they added theming to it. And I'll tell you, I don't, you guys remember, you guys definitely remember old Fantasyland. In fact, you can still see parts of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it wasn't nearly as interesting as new fantasy land. I mean, there's like, wow, it really feels like you're walking into a, into a story as opposed to the concrete jungle that old fantasy land used to be. I mean, you guys remember it was just, you know, literally it was just concrete and stone all around you and it was nice. I mean, it was functional, but I think looking at it, even I'm not the world's biggest fantasy land, you know, uh, Ariel or, or snow white doesn't really do it for me, but having that experience, I think is really what Disney's looking to do. And I think that's more important than the fact that they're adding rides X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, Matt, I like that you bring up New Fantasyland, and it took a little while before Seven Dwarves Mine Train came online. That kind of brings me to where I am at currently because my family is about ready to go. We're going to be there in about two weeks. Oh, I want to hear this story when y'all come back, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I do. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and make it a good one. Uh, but uh, basically, one of the reasons we book going there in the summer is because Disney's been advertising this whole hey, we're going to have uh, the Frozen ride up in Norway. Uh, we're going to have it for summer. We're going to have uh, Soaring Around the World ready for summer. We're going to have Rivers of, Rivers Light. of Light ready for summer. And we're going to be going there in like the second week of June, which my daughter will now be in on, been on summer vacation now for about going on three weeks. And nothing is going to be ready, it seems like, for that time. It's a little you know disappointing. What do you think is, is going on there with Disney that it takes them so long now to build new attractions? Well, you know that Disney's definition of seasons is really vague. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. celebrate Christmas in, you know, they, they, they've celebrated Halloween in August. <laughs> you know, and they, cel- they celebrate Christmas in January. I mean, they really stretch the definition of a lot of these, uh, these seasons. And what you're saying is, I mean, 
I, as a Disney fan, I know I, when you when you when you described, I just kind of laugh to myself. Well, that's Disney because to yeah. them, when they hear summer, you know what that means? They got to Labor Day. <laughs> they never they never told you June. You said June. They never said June. Right. Now, why it takes them so long? Well, I'm sure they'll say, well, of course, it's Disney difference. It's you know, it, you know, awesomeness does not come overnight. You can't just you know, we're not building stuff that's out of a off the off of. Uh, out Assembly of a magazine, line. right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, what a lot of other th- local theme parks will do is they there literally is a catalog you can buy rides from, and they they're cookie cutter. If you want to see an example of it, look at Chester and Hester's uh, uh, oh, the, Dinorama. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean that is literally the wild off the shelf uh, rides. That's mm-hmm. disgusting, um, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's what. But they're not doing that with that. So they're building out now. And that's what they'll tell you. And so they'll tell you two things is that one, we never said June. We said summer. You said June <laughs> Two, uh, you know, awesomeness takes time. And I'm not I know that's not the answers you're looking for. I was actually I'm going to build on your point. I thought it was absolutely awful when they were advertising. They still are this whole Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they did like the you're guessing the ads, right? It's like come yeah. to Disney Hollywood Studios now and come to check out the new Star Wars experience. And I'll be like, there's one building <laughs> And it's a meet and greet right. with yeah. some stuff to look at, and they're selling this as an experience. I would be, I would be upset when I if I got there and said, "That's it." <laughs> right? The, you know, Star Tours has been here. This is not new. This is a couple of years old already. Like that to me was more awful than what they're doing uh, with the this whole summer in air quotes thing. Yeah, you don't yeah. even get to see Darth Vader no more. No, you get to meet uh, Kylo. Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I want Darth Vader back. I don't want to go now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sold. Thank you. I don't. I don't. I, you're right though. Just one little building. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah. they put. This isn't like they put a Facebook ad. This were TV ads ad nauseum about you know in the last couple of months. And I remember. The first well, time it's I said, on their said, main page when you log into the website. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and I looked at. I said to my wife, I said, "Are you kidding me?" Like, do people not? People don't know this. They don't know that there's nothing there except for one building with 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 two meeting greets and a, and a couple props. Who cares? <laughs> and it's the nice. Five thousand dollar costume you can buy if you want to. Kind of like yeah, Avatar like, Land. Why would I? Why would I plan a trip around this? Like, it's I, I don't, I don't want. It's not criminal, but I mean, it, it's awful. Is what it is. Can I tell you something though? At least it's open. <laughs> At least That's, it's open, huh? Just being open is way better than a lot of the other stuff that you're kind of dealing with at this I, point in time. I mean, they've closed. We let don't know you, when anything, anything else. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather know they, them telling you what we know now? Like, okay, it's going to be like three years. I don't make up numbers here, but it's going to be X amount of years. For, but we're going to bring Star Wars land to you. Or would you rather turn the clock back to a year ago when they were just closing things without explanation? But then you don't have any expectations on your end either. You wouldn't have planned a trip to go see Frozen Land or whatever they're calling it, uh, Star Wars and all this other stuff that you thought was maybe going to be open by now. Because they're not, Disney's keeping you in the dark. Is it better to be ignorant and not know what's going on, but then have reasonable expectations, or would you rather know what's going behind the curtain, but knowing full well, well, geez, I got to wait how many more months to you know for the staff to open? Do I know I, what's I, going on behind the curtain before I pay? Before <laughs> I pay, I like that. Yeah, I like, like that see. stipulation. Would you rather not know what that? Would you rather just have the studios close all these attractions? We're not telling you why. Yeah. Um, I want a discount I though. I want a discount. They close. No, it they would. They would not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, think, just, I can hope. <laughs> it's the land of dreams. <laughs> well, I mean, did I think you guys said it on your show? You're you're paying full price for a half, for a half a park. park. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Then, right. Well, if you want to be the, I'll give you the half is gla- half the glass is half full uh, response to that, which is the attractions they close were not exactly you know e ride attractions. Yeah. Which yeah. they close 
Backlot Tour. I guarantee you guys were not basing your trips around Backlot Tour. Magic is the animation. No, yep. you weren't really penning your hopes on that one. You know, I mean, Tower of Terror is still there. Rock and Roller Coaster is still there. Star Tours is still there. Uh, Great Movie Ride is still there. Um, you still have the Citizens of Hollywood. You still have Indiana Jones. I mean, the attractions they closed were not exactly e-tickets by yep. any stretch of the imagination. So to say that it's a half-day park, well, okay, unless you're really filling up your day on Backlot Tour and some of the other kind of D and, and, and C ticket attractions that were there. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't think you were really losing. You're losing too much sleep about any of those attractions. going I, away, I were you? I don't know. I no, mean, you're right. But here's, here's what I would say to that is that now, because so many of those other rides are closed. Now the lot, the lines for the stuff that you do want to ride are that much longer. <laughs> That's true. Although, Although Disney would tell you, ah, problem solved, my friend. Fast Pass Plus. You don't have to wait in line. What lines are you talking about? Uh, you don't have to. You mean the one where you have to choose between Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror? <laughs> are you waiting in line for that? Or, uh, or Toy Story? Yeah. And that's yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, but I, to your point, I will say this. I do hear this a lot you know, from people that will say, oh, you know, I've heard that the studios is not worth going to or it's only a half a day. And if you've never been before, then that's not true. You can... Because I'll do a touring plan for someone, and it's hard to squeeze everything in still with what they have. Mm -hmm. Um, So absolutely, if you've never been before, then you can spend an entire day there for sure. But if you've been several times, like you said, you don't probably are not going to go see Indiana Jones again. You're probably not going to see. Maybe you're going to do a great movie ride. Maybe you're not, et cetera, et cetera. So as far as just like, hey, here's my big hitters, then it becomes a half day. But I like, I like, I, I guess for me the thought of it is. Here's a house. So you pay 150000 for the house, but oh, wait, there's no air conditioning. But you can still, you know, close the door. You know what I mean? Like you have a house, but you still don't have all of the features that would be available to you, whether you go on them or not. Right. You know, you're still paying. Now, hey, look, I, I love Disney as much as these guys do. I don't get to go as much or as often. But believe me, the sacrifices financially to get to that point. I, I take them very seriously. You know, uh, I yeah. come back and, you know, my mortgage lender is like, we haven't heard from you in two months. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? How you, how you doing? Where you been? I'll, you know? I will tell you this, though. I mean, when you and, and this is the point that was brought up earlier is if you go there and you plan out your day, you go to every single attraction in the studios, you're, you're taking up your whole day. Whether right. you, you know, it will take up your whole day. The thing is, is Disney fans, as longtime fans, we cherry pick. Mm-hmm. We're, are you going to go do ba- uh, Beauty and the Beast? Are you going to go do... Um, you know, all the Indiana Jones, are you going to go do all the smaller attractions? A lot of times people say, well, I don't really want to or need to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to do, you know, the compelling attractions are, you know, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, Star Tours to some extent, Great Movie Ride, yeah. you know, and Toy Story. Okay, that's cool, but you just omitted, you know, and let me rattle off all the other attractions that you omitted there. And yeah. this goes to a bigger problem. And boy, now you guys have really got me going here. Yeah, now let's oh. get in, let's get now into it now. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> Man, that's what we do. You have a you have an open forum. That's what we do on this show. So we'll go right the there with sides of coins. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Disney doesn't care. They don't care about. I'm going to say this. It's not quite what I mean, but it is what I mean. Disney doesn't care about you. Right. They. You could say. You know what? I'm done. I'm not going back because, gosh darn it, there's not enough stuff to do at the studios. It's like, <laughs> first of all, they won't even respond to you. Mm-hmm. But second of all, there's other people who take your place. Right. We're right. seeing that with the attendance. They just don't care. Right. We are not, we, and I say we, I mean everybody listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. anybody who's ever listened to WDW today, anyone who's read any that considers themselves uh, someone who goes to Disney World a lot and reads and 
listens to podcasts, we are the minority. We're not who they're. We're not their bread and butter. We're not even close to it. Right. And this is the unfortunate truth that I have come to, and I think I'm. I feel like I'm right, and based on a lot of years of experience with this, they just don't care. They just they know their bread and butter are first timers, are people that the once in a lifetimers at least mm-hmm. who are coming down there. They're like, I'm staying Grand Floridian, saving up I all mean, their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're spending the money because this is their trip, and these are the people that really. These are these are the people that 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 pay the big bucks and these are people that this is where the real money in the parks comes from and that's what they're all about these days and so when we say if i say you know what i'm not going anymore let's say okay that's fine we got like 10 other people here who are ready to take your place yeah in fact we're doing that because we got to keep raising prices because we can't control the crowds anymore yeah we we did a show way back about if disney was bulletproof because we would always hear about, hey, they're raising the rate on this, they're raising the rate on that, and, you know, and yeah, we all kind of figured that's a wrong way to go about things with business. But then, yeah, at the end of it, I think we had a guest on, too, who basically said, yeah, but they just making money. They, yeah. they, you know, they make so much money hand over fist, you know, hey, you cannot show up and there's somebody to take your spot. They and, gotta and that's the problem. I mean, that's the problem for me as a fan because, you know what, gosh darn it, I love Walt Disney World. I grew up on it. I love the product. I want my daughters to keep enjoying it the same way that I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, that as a fan, that's what bothers me about it. This isn't – I always tell people, you know, the reason why Walt Disney World does so well, why Disney does so well in general is they enjoy an unparalleled amount of brand loyalty. No one cares like this about FedEx or UPS, you know. <laughs> if, if, if FedEx raised their prices tomorrow – and you said, forget you. I'm going to go to the post office. I'm going to go to UPS. I don't care. DHL. Insert. It, you literally would not care. Yeah, right? but they don't have the UPS experience either. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you just, it doesn't matter to you. So, But Disney is different. Why, you know, if I say, okay, go to a different theme park, go to your local Six Flags, you say, Matt, what are you, crazy? <laughs> it's not even close. Like, that's not even, you know, like, are you kidding? This isn't what I grew up on. I grew up and I walked down Main Street. I want my kids to walk down Main Street. I remember seeing Spectrum Magic. I remember seeing, you know, the Main Street Electrical Parade. I, you know, these kind of things that you harp on are what is at the heart of what makes Disney World so. If, if this were any other business, you guys are absolutely right. They would be, they'd be half empty over there. Mm-hmm. Because people would say, why am I paying this much? The reason why they're paying so much is because it's Disney. That is why they do it. And they, that's the X factor. That's why I always laugh whenever they do little like exposés like, well, what's the secret of Disney's success? Well, we tell great stories here at Walt Disney World. And we, <laughs> and we do like, come on. Yeah, you do those things. But, but at the end of the day, you could rest on your laurel so far back it wouldn't even matter. And to that point, and to that point people always point out, you know, oh, the Universal, what are, what are they going to do to respond to Harry Potter? They don't have to. They were kicking Universal's butt for I don't know how long, you know, with I mean, you know, with, with crowds, revenue, the, everything. So what what Universal is doing now, which is great, is still, you know, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what Disney does because they're Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, right? no, no, no. Quite all right. I enjoyed that. <laughs> we this weren't a, cutting that off at no, all. This we, is a, this is the form to do it in. So that's why you know, and this is a this is a real fun. Some people are going to listen to this and they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to wrong first and foremost, <laughs> and they're going to disagree with me and they're going to say no. It's it's about the magic and I don't care how much the magic costs. Like, that's good. More power mm-hmm. to you. Enjoy spending all that money. I'm I not one of those people. I care how much the magic costs. I <laughs> yep. just see. Would, yeah, when yeah. I go the back on that, hurt, the magic the, hurts sometimes. <laughs> I went and saw the magic a few months ago and I loved the magic, but when I came back to reality, oh yeah, 
Yeah, that hurt. I was eating mayonnaise sandwiches for two months. <laughs> um, <laughs> you ever had a mayonnaise sandwich before? Not that good, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. It was a lot of fun talking to Matt. And uh, stay tuned for part two of his interview coming up in the very near future. So, if you want to learn more about the Magic Our Way podcast, magicourway.com is the best way to go. There you'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so through the following ways. Shoot us an email at magicourway at gmail.com. Call or text us. Yes, I'm serious. Text us. You can text us if you're all about that. Uh, you can text us at this number, 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. That is 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. 669-4226. And you can support various members of the Magic Way team. You can support Eli and his comic book ventures, especially Project Geisha. Eli, tell them about what you got. Oh, yeah. Um, no excuse now. You've heard it for a long time. Like I'm saying, I oh, the site will be built. It's built. It's up. It's out there. You can totally go ahead and take a look at the art and pick up a Project Geisha book today. Or you can do it right now while you're listening to this. So you can buy it and pay for it now? You can buy it and pay for it. You uh, accept uh, credit cards. But site's totally up. Other than that, you can go ahead to Facebook. Look me up, Eli H. Ivory. You can go to Facebook also and look up the Project Geisha page. And, uh, Check out uh, some of the art on there. You can also find me on Instagram, eIvory504, or on Twitter at Hancock10166. Cool. And if you want to book a vacation to Royal Caribbean or at any des- Disney destination, we have a resident travel agent, Mr. Lee Lastavica. Lee, how can they do that with you? Uh, just give me a call, 832-570-5490. You can email me at lee at magicrway.com. Uh, be sure to check out the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Las Travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A Travel. And all that's going to be in the show notes. And every booking has a partial donation to who? Girl Power to Cure. And what do they do? Working to find a cure for Rett's Syndrome. Yes. So every booking that you do through Lee has some really good significant ramifications afterwards. So you can feel good about yourself. And you support the show while doing it at the same time. Absolutely. Yes. And win, win, win. It's a win, win, win. And other ways to support the show, guys, you can click on the affiliate links on our website. You can also buy some beignets and support the show that way. We have a link right on the front page. It'll take you to uh, the page that'll give you all the information on how to buy us some beignets because, you know, we get a little hungry and it helps the show. You can also represent the Moican Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And we're going to be coming out with some newer designs in the coming weeks. You want to make sure you keep an eye out for that. And also, lastly, one of the most important things you can do to support the show is to leave a rating and a review in iTunes or wherever you download the show, whether it's Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, etc. And lastly, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magic Our Way podcast, and you can't teach that. So get in touch with us today. So my weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. Bye now and have a Disney day. <laughs> the
necessities are Mother Nature's recipes. Hey guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh man, Italians recognizing Italian. You know what song <laughs> like that? What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the Navigator. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, but do you, do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How do you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Our Way and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, it's, it, what's good about it, yeah, let me tell you what's good, but you hear Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. but you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh, wow. You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of, <laughs> give me a Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get on, get up again. Oh, yeah. You know? Hot tub, what you say now? <laughs> Disney. That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, <laughs> they don't just give you the normal spiels. And 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 r- attraction sounds, but they give you every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs, like Tony Bennett right here. This yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Well, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay. Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh? 